Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. raise your hands right now and just tell him God do the impossible hallelujah Lord all the glory will go unto you we want you right now to do the impossible hallelujah God mend the heart that they say could never be fixed hallelujah God fix the life that they said could never be put back on the right track again hallelujah God mend that marriage that they said could never be repaired in the name of Jesus do the impossible Hallelujah, Jesus. One more time all across the house. Can we raise our hands together? I wonder if you came today with an impossible situation. Something that you don't know how it's going to work out. You tried to figure it out. You tried to come up with a solution, but you can't figure it out. I want you right now to raise your hands and give that impossible situation to God. Hallelujah, Lord. I lift it up to you right now, Lord, and I take my hands off of it. It's yours, Lord. I trust you to move, God. I trust you to speak, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I want you by faith right now to begin to praise God, not just for your impossible situation, but for every impossible situation in this house today that we believe our God is able unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. I want to say thank you again to this group for leading us in worship. Amen. And I will say just because I feel prompted to, I had one individual already approach me and say they'd like to give an offering toward this group. And if you would like to do that, Everything you give toward this offering will go to this, uh, to this ministry. Uh, if you want to give online, we're going to designate, I'm going to designate under our online giving uh, the, the selection books. All right, I know this has nothing to do with books. I don't think. You guys write books? Any of you write books? Not yet? So this isn't about books, but it's a category I know that we could track easily. So anything that's given today or tomorrow, any amounts that obviously books are usually like, $10 a piece, so we'll know if you give $1,000, we'll know that's not a book. If it is, I've got a few books I want to write for you, all right? If that's the kind of money you're willing to spend for books, I've got some that I'm ready to write right now. Uh, but we're going to give all of that, so, or if you want to turn in a check later this week, you can just make that out to IBC, uh, let that in the subject line, and we'll make sure that gets to them, all right? We are blessed today to have chosen with us and the great leadership of Brother and Sister Galleon, who have been promoted, I think, right? Do you feel like it's a promotion? What that means is more work. They've been given more work and more greater responsibilities. They are now the vice president. Is that right? I think that's the title uh, at IBC. And they are just great leaders uh, of, a, of a great generation. And Brother Galleon is one of the great voices in this hour, uh, not just in this generation, but one of the great voices preaching the apostolic truth. And we know last year they came, and right after they left, COVID broke out. I don't think it was their fault. 
but they did a great job in our marriage retreat last year and then he preached on that Sunday and it was a timely word and we're so honored to have brother and sister Galleon here with us today and chosen would you help me right now put your hands together brother Galleon come and preach to us Praise the Lord, everybody. My, 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 what a presence of the Lord we feel here in this place today. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. God is so good. We give honor to Pastor and Sister Staten. We give honor to the Bishop Staten, this wonderful team, this family, ministry staff that is here. Amen. What, a, what an excellent, excellent vision they have for this community, this church. And God has blessed you tremendously. Give honor to all the leadership of the church. And it's such a privilege to be back here with you again this year. I, I take no responsibility for that outbreak. In Jesus' name. But we do take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And if one thing God has showed me is that he is always in control, whether or not my life is out of control or the world is out of control, I can find peace that passes my intellect, goes far beyond my intellect. And I can't understand it, but God gives you peace in times that seems to be the most troubling. And so we thank the Lord for his promises. Amen. How many could just be a testimony today and, and you could say, I, I've rested on the promises of God. I've I've seen God do what no man can do. Amen. Just look around you. Go ahead and lift your hand up. If, if God has ever performed a work in your life, he's ever answered a prayer, he's ever touched your body or your mind, look at that. That's a testimony right there. And you're in the midst of great believers that live by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. What an amazing thought that is. And when we walk into church, you need to know this, that you are different than everybody else. You're different. You're different. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. There's something about you that people look at you and say, hmm, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I believe this. You have the favor of God upon your life. I believe that. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Exodus. We're going to go to a very familiar passage of Scripture, one that's been preached many times by great orators around the world. We're going to turn to Exodus, the 11th chapter. We'll begin reading in verse 4 and all the way down to verse 7, and we will see what God gives to the children of Israel in their most difficult hour. Let me just say this, all prophecies that come from God are not good because what Israel was dealing with was a prophecy that was given to Abraham when God gave him the covenant. God told them up front, you're, you're going to be blessed. You're going to, you're going to be a great nation when there was no nation. I'm, I'm going to give you a child when it's impossible to have a child. That's what he said to Abraham. And then God also prophesied that there would be a time where Israel would be locked down. They would be pushed into slavery. They would be oppressed for over 400 years. God prophesied that with the promise. And this is God about to bring the children of Israel out. In chapter 11, verse 4, it says, And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, 
about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt and all the firstborn of the land of Egypt shall die. The firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill and all the firstborn of beast. Every firstborn was going to die. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt. Such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it anymore. But here it is. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. So in the midst of certain death, God said, I've put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. I want to pull my title right from the text. It said, the Lord doth put a difference. How many just, how many believe it? I don't know. I've had neighbors and friends that I've been talking to across the fence in the backyard and some of them haven't done so well this past year. And I'm not saying that I just smoothly sailed through this year. But oh, I felt the difference when I... I, I remember when I longed to be in a service like this. Y'all remember that? And I was in my living room, but there was a time where I knelt in prayer and I felt a difference that I knew my neighbor may not have at this moment, but oh God gave reassurance that it doesn't matter where we're at. God puts a difference. Amen. Lift your hands right now. Let's pray before we're seated. Lord, we thank you for your spirit, your strength, and anointing. Pray, God, that you would be with us and watch over us and keep us. Let your will to be done today, oh God, I pray. Let us to see who we are and what you prepared us to accomplish in this last day. I pray in the name of Jesus, your will would be done. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. And everyone said in Jesus' name, you may be seated. A difference, a difference. I give honor to all the IBC former and present that are here in our midst. Thank you so much for uh, your love, support, and kindness. It's good to see familiar faces. Amen. Thank you, Chosen, for leading us into the throne room. I felt the presence of God in that, and I know that God is going to continue to be with us. The enemy has been against us. I'll just tell you this right now. And uh, we've had multiple buses that have failed us on this 10-day trip, but God is good. Amen. We're on our second bus, and last night on the way here, we were hours late thinking that we were going to be on a third bus, but the Lord helped us to find a belt in the time of need less than an hour, a half hour before the automotive store closed down. We got rides from absolute strangers that walked up to us and asked us if they could help us. I got into a car with a young man that I don't know what he had been doing in that car, but it was not legal. <laughs> and pulled off to take me down to this automotive store that I had no idea where we were going that was a couple miles away. And thank God for Jake that took a picture of his license plate so he could send it to the police department if I never showed up again. I owe you one. <laughs> And as we were talking with that young man, he just began to open his heart up and just say, you know what, I just believe that if I do good, that something will come back to me. And he called it karma, but I told him, I'm going to pray the blessings of the Lord upon your life. 
And I don't know what he felt in that car, but he got me to the right place and got us back to that vehicle. And we're not mechanics, maybe Marcus is, but I'm not a mechanic. But we crawled up underneath that hood and we put that belt back on there in Jesus' name and we made it the rest of the way. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying that real life happens to everybody and it doesn't always work out the way you want it. And there's times where you just want to feel like you just go knock your head up against the wall because nothing seems to work correctly. But when you get to church and you can lift your hands one more time, don't you know that God shows up? And God puts the difference between your discouragement and your victory. And what that is, is the blood of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to tell you. And it doesn't matter what he tries to mess with you with. You know this, that God has got your back. And God will always make a way where there seems to be no way. Because that's what God does. That's what God does over and over again. You see, God doesn't look at reality the way we look at it. We look at it and we see impossibilities. But you know what God sees? God sees the moment that he can perform miracles. We look at surgeries and say, oh no. But God says, oh yes, I can. We look at health problems and we look at job situations. And we may not be able to understand it. But God has got it in his hand. Because that's the God we serve. We know he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Oh, think about it. Come on, I can't even think about what I need. I don't even know how it works. I don't even know what needs to come together. But you know what God does? Oh, he begins to put pieces like a puzzle. And we may not understand where it goes or how it does. But at the end of the day, we step back. And right before us, God has figured it all out. And all we need to do is just trust in him. Because God knows where we're at. He knows where you're at. He knows your heart. He's heard your prayer. And he's seen your worship. God knows where you're at. That's the God we serve. So we look at it with different understanding than what our co-workers, our neighbors, and our friends look at. We know this, that God has done something. It was mentioned earlier thousands of years ago on Calvary's cross. You see, he shed his blood for us. Oh, where the holiest of holies could not be entered into. Where that veil that separated us from the presence of God. When he died upon that cross, oh, hear me, hear me, that veil was rent because God was performing a new work. You see, it comes through repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus by complete immersion and the infilling of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues that God gives us access into the holiest of holies. You know what? You don't have to be a saint to get into the presence of God. You don't have to be perfect to get into the presence of God. You don't even know have to know how to pray to get into the presence of God. All you have to know is that name and that name that is above every name, the name of Jesus has the power and the ability to bring you into his presence. So you know what I say today? I say we just call upon the name. You know what I say today? We look at discouragement and we say in the name of Jesus. We look at anxiety and we say in the name of Jesus. 
We look at impossible odds and we say in the name of Jesus. Oh, it may not change anything on the outside, but something begins to build on the inside. And God gives us a blessed assurance and hope that cannot, cannot be matched by anything the world has to offer. That's the presence of the Almighty God. That's why I can walk into church and be facing hell on earth, but yet I have joy in my spirit. <laughs> I have peace that doesn't make any sense because I know I've been through this before. I've walked this path before, and God has always come through over and over and over again. Is there anybody that can say, God's never failed me one time? He may not have answered my prayers the way I wanted it, but he's never let me down. He's never left me stranded. He's never given up on me. There's been a thousand failures in my life, but God has always been faithful and consistent. That's what we come into church for. That's why we stand on the platform and in the pew and lift our hands and worship is because we have a God that is always faithful. Always faithful. This takes place because God has put a difference between us in the world. A difference. A difference. Oh, think back. Some of you, not so long. Some of you, it's been so many years. You, it's been a lifetime ago. But think back of the way we were. And where we were. And what we were doing. And how we were bound. Think of the struggles that we were in. The turmoil. The pain. The suffering. Come on, some of you remember. <laughs> you had no hope. There, there was a probably more than one in here that was ready to give up on all things, including life. And just say, I'm at the end. I, I don't know what to do. But somehow, God found you. <laughs> Come on, you didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. But somehow, God found us and brought us into his presence. You remember that night, the first time that you knelt in prayer and began to say, God, I need you. I, you didn't even know how to say the words right. Everybody around you was saying beautiful prayers. But maybe all your sound like was help. God, I need help. And he stepped into your life and he put a difference in. He made a difference in your life. Made a difference in your life. That difference is simply the blood. Now, we don't preach about it much, or maybe we do. Some people don't preach about it at all. It's not a palatable subject, no doubt, the blood. Blood is, blood is kind of associated with, with death. Blood is not something that is pleasant to think about. My poor brother-in-law, I love him dearly. But you even mention that word, and he starts to... Funniest thing I've ever seen in my life is when one of his kids cut their hand and walked over and said, Dad, Dad. And all of a sudden I saw him. He started going, oh, oh. And sure enough, he went right down on the floor. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And it may not be that way with you, but it may be that way with you. So please forgive me if it is. Just plug your ears right now. But we think about the blood, and we don't like to contemplate what blood does. But let me tell you what Jesus did with his blood. <laughs> you know, there's been songs that have been written about it. After being shut in his, 
his office for over a week in 1920. G.T. Haywood walked to his pulpit, oh, with that song that I love to sing. I'm not a singer. On Calvary's hill of sorrow, where sin's demand were paid. With rays of hope for tomorrow, across our path were laid. I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. Its waves reach the throne of God. And they are sweeping over me. You know what that means? That God's shed blood has put a difference between you and the curse of the enemy. It doesn't matter what your past looked like. It doesn't matter what the devil reminds you of every day. There's been blood applied to your life. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, come on, the blood is precious. The blood has divided us from the enemy. The blood has set us free from addiction that binds us. The blood has delivered us into marvelous life. The blood has brought us to a place of hope. The blood has made a difference. A difference. M.R. Dehan said this in his book, The Chemistry of the Blood. He states the Bible is a book of blood and a bloody book. And when accused of preaching a gospel of blood, we proudly plead guilty to the charge. For the only thing that gives life to our teaching and power to the word of God is the fact that it is the blood, which is the very life and power of the gospel. The Bible declares itself to be a living book, and it's the only living book in the world. And it is able to impart life to those that believe it with their heart, what it teaches. Man. That word of God imparts life. <laughs> oh, my, 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 my. The blood gives it power. How many's ever been down and you've opened that word and you begin to flip through those pages? And you may have read it a thousand times or a hundred times or five times before, but something comes alive that moment. And it begins to minister to the very need that you represent. Oh, I've read the same verse over and over at different stages in my life. And sometimes it lifted me up. And sometimes it brought me to my knee the very same scripture. But oh, it was a living word that God began to show me that he's not dead. He's still on the throne. That this isn't an antique. Oh, but it still has life and power and authority. Come on, there's power that's in the Word of God. It's the inherent infallible Word. I, I believe this. Every promise that's given in this book, it belongs to me. Every chapter is my chapter. Every verse is my verse. It's the Word of God that sets us apart. It's the blood of Jesus that gives life to the Word. Hebrew tells us that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That word, some would like to say, quick is translated to living or active. I just like, I just like quick. The word of God is quick. Quick. Come on, I don't need delayed timing. I, I, don't, I, don't, need, I don't need to wait on something. I like the quickness of God's word. 
quick and powerful. My, my, when your car is sliding out of control on an icy road, you don't want God to get back to you a few days later. It's, I like the word quick, powerful. I like it when God shows up. I like to walk into church and, and when I come in heavy and weary and, and I just don't even know how to respond and some people are up there singing and I just get lost in the presence. I, I like it when he shows up quick. It, I can go from just standing there one moment to be shedding tears out of control in my emotions and then I like it when God shows up quick, but God can. Come on, you don't have to worry about when he's going to do it. God always does it on time, but he ministers in a quick way. He, he's on his way. God has the ability through his blood to do exactly what we need him to do in the timing that is perfect for us to receive it. That's the beauty of God's word. Charles Spurgeon says this scripture teaches us that the blood produces life. And life lies in the blood. Not science. Scripture teaches us this. We don't look at science to give confirmation of the Word of God. We look at the Word of God to give confirmation of all things scientific. Hallelujah. And so when we look at this blood, therefore, is that mysterious link between matter and spirit. How it is that the soul should in any degree have alliance with matter through blood. I can't even imagine. He says, Spurgeon says he cannot understand. But certain it is that this is a mysterious link which unites these two apparently dissimilar things together so that the soul can inhabit the body and that life can rest in the blood. I begin to think about the blood. I begin to think about what does the blood do in my life, in my body. Uh, there's so many things physically that the blood does. It's, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, very obvious of that, but the blood does so many different things. It, it, it has the ability to not just to give life, but it, it does things like it brings vital functioning uh, uh, properties to various parts of my physical being it it takes and flushes out impurities that should not be there it brings oxygen into my brain and it, it, it creates this dynamic within that begins to repel or fight against uh, uh, microorganisms that come against my blood the white blood cells begin to do battle so not only does it give life and sustain life and give breath and being not only does it help with circulation and health of my body but it also defend against invaders that should not be in my bloodstream and fights battles for me that I'm not even aware of. I begin to think of the spiritual uh, complexity of what the blood of Jesus Christ does. I believe this, that once the blood has been applied to your life, you may not fully understand what God is always doing, but I promise you this, he's bringing you nutrients when you need it. He's bringing you hope when you need it. He's defending against the attack of the enemy when he comes. The blood of Jesus has the ability to be what you need. Somebody just need to stand to your feet and say I plead the blood of Jesus upon my life. I plead the blood of Jesus upon my circumstances. I plead the blood of Jesus on my family. Amen, amen, amen. I, I don't know what time we're out of here. This hadn't turned out any way I thought, but we're just going to close this as soon as we can. I want to let you out early or maybe late. I don't know. I just, I just feel this. I just feel that uncertainty is plaguing all of us. And, and uh, we got to go to Tennessee, and supposedly they lifted the mask ban uh, there, and it was, it was freedom for a little bit. But nobody told everybody that the mask ban was lifted. 
So I'm still confused about what that meant. It's just uncertain, isn't it? And uh, I, felt, I felt this in the Holy Ghost, and my wife said, that's discouraging. And uh, it is discouraging because this is what I felt. I, I felt like I was praying, and, and maybe I was just discouraged. Maybe I hope I was. And I was praying in, in my living room after service one day on the Internet. And uh, I had a hard time with that. I really did. My mother-in-law would come over to the house, my father-in-law, and I loved them dearly. And they would come over and she'd fix breakfast in the middle of service. And she'd be passing out bacon and eggs. And <laughs> I told my wife, I said, we, we have to invite them over after service. We, we, we love them to death, but she is just, that's who she, she nurtures people. Any, any nurturers out there, she's just a giving person. And she wanted us to be well-fed while we were getting spiritually well-fed. <laughs> And uh, I was praying, and I just said, God, what, what's, what is this? What, what's happening? As many of us all have prayed that very prayer. And uh, I just kept saying, God, I want to get back to normal. I want to get back to normal. And I felt like God said this, there's no normal. I really felt that. I'm not trying to discourage anybody. I felt like God said that you, you just, just forget about the normal life because these are the last days. And, and we're preparing for one event, and that is the second coming. Oh, my. I got a little discouraged about it. I thought, you mean I got to wear a mask every day of my life? I, I, I got to, we have to do this social distancing. I'm not much of a hugger, but I'm a hugger now. And uh, I, I used to have, like, real bubbles around me, but I just, I just want to hug people. Maybe it's because you can't. You always want to do what you can't do. Maybe that's what it is, but I just, I felt like, man, I, we, we need some interaction here. We, something's got to change, and God said, you know what, you're, you're just trying to build things on this earth, and God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That's the promise that's been given in the last days, and God's going to bring a revival that we've never seen, and you know what, I think God's wanting us to figure out that he's replacing what we call normal with the new normal. And that is God's going to begin to minister to people anywhere that we're at. Because God's put a difference between us. And so I just say this, let the church, let its light shine. And don't worry about what's normal and trying to get back. But let's stop oper start operating in the power that God has given us through his blood that's in the name of Jesus. That means we can walk into our job and we can walk into our neighborhood and we don't have to have any fear. But we can lay hands on people and they can be healed. And we can pray for people and they can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because God's wanting us to move into a new normal where his spirit is being poured out on all flesh. It may seem it may seem a little discouraging. I do believe this, that the greatest revival is about to happen. Uh, the greatest miracles in the church are happening and about to happen. The greatest moments that you're living in where God can do things that you never thought were possible can take place through your life and through your ministry. You don't have to be a preacher to see God do extraordinary things. All you have to do is just be a vessel that's willing to be used by him. God said, I'm going to use you. 
I'm going to use you. Come on, God put a difference between you and all those others out there. Why don't you let yourself be the difference in their life where you introduce them to the peacekeeper and you introduce them to the way maker and you introduce them to the deliverer and the chain breaker and you introduce them to God Almighty that has the ability to turn their life around as he's turned your life around. So what we need is an old-fashioned message on the blood. <laughs> That's what we need. <laughs> As the musicians are coming. What we need is just an understanding that God can use us and can pour out His Spirit. And you know what I believe? I believe this. I believe God has the ability to touch you right now where you're at. I believe the blood can be applied to your life. God is not a respecter of persons to where he categorizes anyone. No, 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 no. God doesn't do that. But you know what God responds to? The need. The need. And the greater the need is not intimidating to God at all. No, no. Not intimidating to God. I'll never forget it. We got the phone call and baby Ella was being rushed to the hospital. And uh, we didn't, didn't really know what it was, so we just ran to the hospital as quick as we could. When we got there, mom and dad were in a panic. They were holding a dish towel that was covered in blood. And uh, they were taking the baby back. And they had her whole face wrapped up, the side of her face. And, and uh, we didn't even hardly get a pray for the baby before they got it back through the emergency room doors. And all we were able to really do is just say, in the name of Jesus, we plead the blood upon this baby. There's a whole bunch of people there that's showing up. It's like... Isn't that beautiful about the body of Christ? I mean, look around you. This is your family. That's why we call each other brother and sister. Amen. Because we're just all... Can, we're, and you don't go through trials by yourself. When you go through trials, you've got, you got brothers and sisters that are here. That's the beauty of church. My goodness. My goodness. And, and there was a bunch of brothers and sisters up there. And they were supporting this family. The wisdoms. And, and uh, they took that baby back. And we, we were standing in the room just praying it. My curiosity got the best. I said, Sister Wisdom, Wisdom, what happened to baby Ella? And uh, how old was she? She was two. She was walking, 18 months. And she was running around the house. It was there having family time. And uh, they had an old computer chair that was by the computer desk. And the plastic handle had broken off years ago. And that metal rod was just sticking out. And that little baby was running through. And she fell. And that rod went into her eye. And... Uh, and she was screaming and blood was pouring out of her eye. And uh, Mama was at the kitchen and grabbed that dish towel and just put it over her face and held her. And they rushed to the hospital. And uh, we were waiting for the doctor to get back to tell us when the surgery and how bad it was going to be. And that mom and dad were just praying. Now, I'd be foolish to say we didn't call upon the name of Jesus. We called on the name of Jesus. And we pleaded the blood over that baby. Let me just say, I don't know why God does it sometimes and why God doesn't do it sometimes. Sometimes God answers it the exact way that you need it. And other times, He answers it the exact way that you need it, but you didn't know you needed it. <laughs> that doctor come walking in. He had a little clipboard, and he was all studious, had pins in his white jacket and glasses, and uh, looked like a doctor, you know. 
walks in and he said, um, takes a pen and he, he's looking at it and he says, where's that towel at? And so mama picks up that bloody dish towel. He takes that pen and he starts moving that dish towel around looking at it. He said, see, that's, I don't understand. <laughs> he said, I, he said, I'm so confused. He said, I don't know where that blood came from. He said, we did a visual inspection. He said, that baby has no marks on the outside of her face. He said, we, we looked into her eye. And he said, there's a scar on her eye. He said, but it's an old scar that's already healed. He said, I don't understand. I don't understand. He said, but she's fine. She can go home. You know what? God put a difference. <laughs> I, I, I may be off. I've been off before, but I feel in the Holy Ghost that somebody's here and you need a difference in your life. Maybe you prayed a thousand prayers and nothing has turned out, but I, th I think today, I think today God could put a difference between you and your problem. I think it all depends on if you're willing to lay it at this altar or not. If you really want God to do something, why don't you just believe that God shed his blood for you? And why don't you just walk down to this altar and, and say, I, I claim it in the name of Jesus. And I plead the blood of Jesus upon this. But why don't you just stop hearing the enemy's voice in your mind and just say, in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God has separated you. It's, it's not based upon your past. God's already covered that by his blood. It's not based upon what you have to offer, how good you've been. God's already taken care of that. And God said, every person that has a need, come on, I'm going to put my blood on you. I'm going to forgive you of all your sins. That blood has the ability to heal. By his stripes we're healed. That blood has the ability to wash over your past. That blood has the ability to give you a brighter tomorrow, a greater future. That blood has the ability to answer every prayer, take care of every need. Come on, God can do it right now in the name of Jesus. Just how bright Aren't you glad he's made a difference? Aren't you thankful he's made a difference? I don't walk like I used to walk. I don't talk like I used to talk. I don't think like I used to think. How many of you can testify he's made a difference? And if he did it for you, he can do it for them. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. If he did it before, he can do it again. Right now his spirit is moving come on in the beginning God spoke in a difference just in one spoken word there was a difference as light came into being just a moment before there had only been darkness but God spoke and there was light 
And right now, God's Spirit is moving. He is speaking. And I'm telling you, you may not feel it right now. You may not see it yet. But God is making a difference right now in this room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Moses, I was listening to your podcast, the Manana Mana, I think it is, right? Manana Mana. That's a little Spanish, a little bit English. Manana Mana. Brother Moses, Brother Junior, Brother James have started a podcast. I like it. It's, it's fresh and raw. It's from three men whose God, God's made a difference in their life. They're not licensed ministers with the organization yet. They got a story of what God's doing in their lives. And I heard Brother Moses on that podcast talking about how he was suffering from PTSD, suicidal thoughts. At the end of his rope, he had tried religion before and it didn't work. But he came to living hope and God started doing a work in his life. The Holy Ghost came and got a hold of him. And there's a difference. He's not the same man as he used to be. Not the same man. God's made a difference. He's made a difference in Brother Moses. He made, he's made a difference in their marriage. He's made a difference in that home, in that family. Where's Brother James at? God's made a difference. He's taken laps around the church. I remember the first time he came and sat back there, about broke my hand when I greeted him. That hasn't changed. But he just sat back there through church, quiet and still. Now you can't barely keep the man quiet. I like it. There's a difference. That's what the blood of Jesus will do. That's what the blood of Jesus will do. Brother Junior, about 30 years ago, got the Holy Ghost at Brother Gurley's church in Houston. Shortly after that, kind of walked away from God. He's been around church for a while, but there's a difference now. He did, he's not just around God. God's got a hold of him, and there's a difference. There's a difference in that family. There's a difference in what God is. And it's not just these three men. How many of you around the building can testify? God's made a difference in my family. God's made a difference in my life. God's made a difference in my destiny. If you're here today, if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, I want to tell you, you go down one way and you'll come up another way amen when you get baptized in jesus name you you put on the name of jesus you go down an old person you come up a new person you go down a sinner you come up saved by grace amen amen you go down with your name you come up with his name I wonder if there's anybody here today that's not been baptized in Jesus' name and you're ready for the Lord to put a difference. Because you're not going to do this on your own. If you think you're going to make a difference, well, it hasn't worked so far. What makes you think it's going to work going forward? But you're ready to try putting on the name of Jesus. Not just try it. You're ready to surrender to putting on. Is there anybody here today that you've not been baptized in Jesus' name? Say, well, I'm not really sure what name it was. We well, need to make sure. Amen. I, I don't see anything. In fact, I see evidence in the scripture where people have been baptized before, but they learned they need to be baptized in the name of Jesus until they were baptized again. In other words, you can't get baptized too many times, but you better make sure you get baptized the right way. So one more time, is there anybody here today that's not been baptized in Jesus' name? 
It's going to make a difference. Anybody? Would you like to be baptized today? All right. Amen. Come on. God's going to make a difference. Come on. God's going to make a difference. Amen. Some of our brothers, if you can help, help this young man, let's get him ready. Amen. Let's talk to him. Brother Roberts, you want to talk to him? Brother Roberts, you want to talk to my, my friend here? They're going to get you ready. All right, buddy? All right? Amen. Let's thank the Lord. God's about to make a difference. All of heaven rejoices over one soul. All of heaven rejoices over one. It's not a good look when the church has to have enough that we can post on Instagram so everybody else can get excited. If there's one, if there's one, heaven rejoices over one. Heaven doesn't need Instagram's approval. Heaven just needs one soul for all of heaven to get excited. The church, we need to get excited because of one soul today that's going to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's bow our heads together. I would say as you're bowing your heads, all of our guests that are here today, if you're a first-time guest, my wife and I would love to have just a moment to greet you. After the service has concluded, there's a room in the back. Right in the middle, we've got some refreshments. And we just like to take about three or four of your minutes of your time to greet you and introduce ourselves. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the word today that has gone forth, the worship. All throughout the service, there has been a common theme that our God can do anything. Lord, there might be somebody here today that thinks they're beyond the reach of grace. They might think that their failure is too big for God to handle. And if they haven't gotten the message so far today, I can simply reiterate what has already been spoken, that our God makes a difference. Amen. It doesn't matter how big your problem is, how tall your mountain is, how deep the sea is that you're trying to get across. Our God is able. Amen. And so right now, Lord, we thank you because I believe you have, you are, and you will make a difference. And by faith right now that God has already made a difference, I want you to say in Jesus' name, amen. One more time, let's give Chosen a hand clap. Let's thank them for leading us today. Thank you to Brother Galleon. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus.